How many kicks do you have now? <laughs> when it comes to like the custom, just the customs, it's probably like 120, just customs. But when it comes to like all my kicks and, and all, I mean, it's probably like, it's probably close to 2,000 pairs now. It's, oh it's- my Lord. We need to be doing that. A podcast that combines sports, social media content, and life. Though we make no promises, we'll stick to those topics each episode. I'm Jonah Ballo. I'm Keith Steckler. And on this podcast, we'll often focus on the sports content and creative we see in life and share between the three of us. We need to be doing that. I'm Elliot Gerard. These are the discussions we have most days in person or group text. Now with the microphones on and recording. We've known each other since 2009. We have experience in ad agencies and marketing, digital content across teams in the NBA, and creative for brands, teams, and athletes. Come on. We need to be doing that. Well, I am so excited to bring on our next guest. It is Langston Galloway, guard for the Detroit Pistons. And, you know, I know Langston from his early days. I'm glad he still remembers me (laughs) back when he was uh, with the Westchester Knicks. And I believe was the first call up for the New York Knicks. Played shooting guard there for a couple of years, point guard and shooting guard, kind of a dual threat. And uh, Langston, I'm I'm really stoked, man, to have you on the podcast. Yeah, no, I'm excited to uh, be on with you guys. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks. Oh, as you can hear my son coming in. The- <laughs> yeah. We we know the deal, right? Um, it's, oh, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Living that COVID, COVID life. Uh, it's, great, it's great to be on. Thank you guys for having me. I have to start with the bubble. I mean, as an NBA player, I'm sure you're watching all the action down there in Orlando. Just give us your initial thoughts on how the play has been and what have you thought so far of the games? First and foremost, I want to say I wish I was down the bubble playing right now. That would have been amazing. But I've been very fortunate to be back home with my family, enjoying them and, and my little man getting to see uh, his second birthday recently and, and just uh, enjoying his, doing time with him. So it's been good. Uh, but I've actually been loving the competition. I mean, it, it's not as much you know, fan engagement and like that. It's like, it's like all one-on-one, mano-a-mano with a lot of guys. So I've been loving the, the chit-chat and Twitter and all the Instagram posts. So it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. Man, the Dame Lillard stuff is hot. <laughs> yeah, boy, yeah, hot off pretty... the press right now. Hot off the press. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, my initial thoughts were on this were, and I told these guys on a, on a previous podcast that, you know, I'm a UFC fan, MMA fan. I watched that when they started, you know, rolling out their events and really was the first league to kind of get back in action. And I started to really enjoy the intimacy, the the sounds, the stuff that you don't normally hear on the broadcast. Of course, having the fans in the stadium, there's nothing like it. But for unique basketball experience and to see the action there, for a player like yourself, and you've been in AAU tournaments, you've been in gyms that probably haven't been completely full, what do you think they're going through in terms of having to adjust their games and the way they operate? Well, I mean, I think from from a player standpoint, you rarely like notice the fans when you're out there playing. So it's like it's more engagement with the players. Like you're like trying to worry about your matchup, worried about what you need to be running, what other teams running. You're more focused on that. First and foremost, I want to give a lot of kudos to the NBA because they've been doing like the the, the sounds of the fans cheering and different like noises and, and different things like that to keep the you know the players kind of like locked into that but when but when it comes to you know when you look around you do notice like all right it's nobody here it's just a couple uh just announcers and whatnot and everything else is just animated so uh that, that's probably the, the the biggest thing and, and i feel like they all are kind of upset a little bit about that because it's like you don't have as many like 
you know, engagement with the fans like you normally have. So that's that's probably the biggest like downfall. But everything other besides that, I mean, nobody has had any cases, and uh, it's, it's been rolling along. It's been rolling along real real nice. Yeah, Adam Silver and the NBA has done a tremendous yeah. job leading the way in this, uh, the testing, the protocols. I mean, you talk about we won't get into college football and everything that's going on with those conferences and, and the difficulty and the challenges. I mean, the planning has just been top-notch, and I think the product – I mean, man, I'm I'm stoked for the playoffs, and I just got to get your thoughts. We're right around the corner here from action. Do you have a, a favorite to come out of I the West and East stay in the finals? Man, you put me on the spot. You really are put me on the spot. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's tough to say because, I mean, you, you can kind of see, like, there's still, like, a lot of hiccups with a lot of the top-tier teams where they're still trying to figure it all out, trying to get back on, on the same page and whatnot. But Clippers looking really good. I mean, I mean, you, I mean, who can't go with Phoenix Suns right now? I mean, they're probably the hottest team in the bubble right now. So Crazy, yeah. Uh, to see them, if they were to sneak into the bubble, you know, I see they're playing Philly right now. So they sneak into the bubble, that would be a big, uh, you know, big just, like, team come from the bottom and then all of a sudden they end the playoff hunting and they, they make the playoffs. So that, that'd be pretty cool to see. Um, so uh, I, I probably still stick with either, you know, Lakers or Clippers, one of them two teams. I don't want to give you a definite answer. But hey, <laughs> That's fine. I understand. <laughs> uh, but then, but then from the East, I mean, it's, it's kind of wide open. I think that uh, Boston been playing some really good ball and, um, and, and you, I mean, you can't go wrong with, with uh, Milwaukee and Toronto, like yeah. both all three of those teams, like, they really have been, you know, finding their like their niche right now with how to play together, and, and it's three different types of ball. Like Boston's all about one on one, Toronto's more like movement, but they do have one on one guys on the team, and then uh, Milwaukee's all about moving and, and, and having Giannis with the ball in his hands. So uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I'm excited. Those are probably my top five teams. I'm, I'm going to keep it like that. Those are my top five teams. Imagine, That's imagine, good. I'll hold you to that. <laughs> imagine Clippers, Clippers, Raptors would be that'd be pretty. That would uh, be crazy. That yeah. would be crazy. I mean, they actually have a better record. Toronto uh, yeah. has a better record than, than last year with Kawhi. So that's, I mean, that's, that's interesting to see. I mean, but that would be a, a really good matchup in the finals if, if that was to come. Yeah, they didn't need Kawhi. I mean, they would have won without him. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, what do you, I mean, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but what do you compare this bubble experience, not that you're there, but looking at it and kind of, you know, what you've heard from from other players and whatnot, how does that compare to, to you know, does that compare to like summer league? Like what would you, or like, you know, a high school tournament, like what would you compare it to? Yeah, I, I probably would compare it to like uh, either like the Christmas, Thanksgiving tournaments that you go to on the road and it's like, it's never fans for your team. It's always just fans there just to watch the game. So unless it's like a big play or something like that, there's no really hypeness to the game. It's just a, hey, let's squat here and play and see what this other team's about. But then also, too, it's like it's, it's like AU as well. It's like you're playing in the back gym or you're playing outside, shirts and skins. It's like, hey, look, let's, <laughs> let's throw it up and let, let's get after it. So uh, it's, it's really fun to see because you really see how, like, competitive these guys are. It's not like – uh, I mean, myself included, like I'm very competitive. It's like you just go out there and just play. It's like you don't care who's in the stands or what's going on in the circumstances because you just say, look, it's my opportunity to go out here and prove everybody wrong and showcase who I am. So it's, it's, it's great to see um, like these guys like really playing hard and, and the intensity kind of rising as we get closer to the playoffs. Do you think this is going to change how the, the, the NBA works in terms of the playoffs? Like, ha- like have they been already kind of talking about like having mini tournaments and whatnot? And is that something that you'd like in college? They have those, you know, the big East and stuff like that before even the, um, for March madness. Um, is that something that you'd want to see in the NBA going forward? Having these like, 
like a Phoenix Suns being able to get into the playoffs, even though they wouldn't have in the past. You know, you know what? I, I'm I'm actually been a big proponent of it. Um, we actually had like a couple votes um, this past season where they were like trying to figure out like, all right, what do we want to do going forward? I mean, not trying to throw the money into the, the factor of it, but like just going out there and saying, hey, I'm the champ of the regular season or champ of, you know, the midseason tournament. That'd be pretty cool to see because as we look at like how just everything has kind of changed, the world, the dynamic of everything, it's almost like it's it's kind of put us in the right position to do this now. Like this is actually like perfect timing because it's actually kind of the perfect parallel to just say, hey, look, let's just switch it up. Let's see what the, if the fans are like this or not. And and it's, it's all test, like, you know, trial and error and seeing what, what the fans are like because next season we don't even know when it's going to start. If it's going to start in December, January, we don't even know. So this would be perfect time to like really just test it out and just, hey, let's, let's give it a run. Yeah, I mean, MLS does that with those tournaments where, like, they have the Canadian and U.S. and all that. I mean, I feel yeah. like – yeah, I feel like it would be fun for you guys. If you look at, like, most of – I mean, 82 games is a lot, a lot of games. But, yeah. like, you know, some teams start out real hot in the beginning of the season. It's like, all right, we hit, like, a, all right, we got a playoff right here. Uh, first 20 games, after 20 games, all right, let's see the playoff, like, the, the teams how we want to right there. Let them play. Hey, I don't know. Like you said, the Knicks might win, it, win that tournament, but then we go on to the next tournament might be in – January or February, and it's like, okay, you really see how teams kind of adjust and injuries and then a lot of different things kind of factor in. But I, I think that would be something that would change uh, the dynamic of like how NBA basketball is kind of ran. But I, I think it will benefit uh, going forward for sure. What's your take on the bubble from like a mental perspective? I think you were talking about you kind of just lock in, you worry about the matchups. But I think we could argue – the guys are focused. They're locked in. Probably their game might be better, but also they're missing home. There's no distractions. I mean, where do you land on on either side of that argument? You know what? It's, it's kind of hard because uh, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm here with my family. I'm enjoying that time. But if I was in the bubble, I'd be missing all these moments of being with my family. And, and there's a ton of guys like that have been in and out of the bubble because either, you know, wife's having a, having a kid or uh family uh you know a definite family whatever it could be but mm-hmm. i think that uh if, if going forward like this is like the new reality where we have to be in a bubble to play games i mean definitely adding the family into that factor that i mean that probably would be the new norm like the families would be able to come with the players and then wherever we'd be located that would probably be uh, our new home but it's it's tough because you're sleeping in a hotel room every single night it's not like you're all right we're going home Let's go home, relax at home in our own bed, and then go back to back on the road the next day. But it's like every single day you're going back to hotel, hotel, hotel. So I know guys are probably getting restless and they're just ready to get out of there. So, I mean, the, the teams that make it to the championship, I mean, kudos to them, man. They, they, <laughs> that's a long stay in the hotel. I mean, I've done it before. Uh, when I got traded uh, to Sacramento, I was in the hotel for the last, like, three, four months of the season. But – that's that's a whole different game right there. Yeah, I've always felt that, you know, the team that wins this title, it should be celebrated. This should not be an asterisk in terms of degrading what they have accomplished. I think it's it's even more incredible. I have to also say, credit to the players. I haven't seen guys come back. Now, listen, there's a little bit of getting back in shape. You can see, you know, towards the late stages of the game, some guys are struggling to kind of get their breath. But for the most part, everybody's been on point. Nobody showed up 
incredibly out of shape. I mean, I've gotten incredibly out of shape and fat, <laughs> but that, but that's just to, to be expected. <laughs> but uh, I really gotta, I gotta give uh, kudos to uh, the players. Um, you even look at the top tier guys, LeBron, Giannis, all, all the, the greats that we've seen, and they look terrific. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, I, I think guys have really the 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 teams that are there, twenty two teams that are there. They've done an amazing job of like going from quarantine to like, all right, let's start getting back in shape. Like, let's stay in shape at some point because most guys didn't even touch the basketball over those months. So it's like it's it's really interesting to see like guys like turn up a whole nother level because they either they had the access or it just was one of those things where all right, we have to figure this out so that way we won't go back and and look look terrible on the court. So. Uh, from from a player standpoint, it's, it was a perfect idea for sure. Yeah, really good professionalism there that we're seeing from uh, these NBA players. So, you know, I want to turn to you personally, and and for me, it was amazing. Uh, you know, working with you at the Knicks and seeing you um, make that step to the league and establish yourself as as a guard that can play both ways. For you now, um, you know, several years into the league now and uh, experiencing what you've experienced, what are some of the growths that you have felt? Uh, coming from the Knicks and now to the Pistons, and how has your game developed, and what are you looking forward to in terms of the future? My transition as like my body has really transformed from playing with the Knicks, where I was more worried about like, all right, I need to be physical, I need to be able to guard one twos and threes, being able to be more physical. So I was like trying to get my weight up a little bit um, for, for that for that standpoint early in my career, but now towards like six years in, going into my seventh year. Now I've kind of like leaned down a lot. I've uh, I've actually become vegan now. I'm plant based diet now, um, and I, I mean I feel like I'm probably at the the peak of my career where I feel like I really can kind of take my game to a whole other level because of my conditioning, um, doing a lot of Pilates, yoga, uh, boxing, working out outside, pool workouts, like just doing a lot of different things that when I was a rookie I didn't know about. I didn't really like. I put myself through a lot of like rigorous like workouts and whatnot, but I just didn't know how I can kind of be smart, work smarter and not harder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now I've kind of like really done that and I have a team around me as well. So uh, it's, it's been key. It's been truly key for me uh, going forward and, and to put me in the position I'm in now. You were mentioning some of the guys leaving the bubble for personal reasons. I thought we were going to get into chicken wings, but the fact that you just <laughs> mentioned <laughs> you were vegan, now I get it. Now it makes sense. You can what? save yourself in two ways, right? The meat <laughs> and, you know, going to the strip club. <laughs> I, I get it. I'm like, why are we not talking about that? I'm, okay, I'm, I'm on a plant-based diet. All right. When when did that start and, and what was the real catalyst for that? Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm actually a year in now. Um, and, and it kind of started last preseason. I actually had like a scare um, going into preseason last year where my cholesterol numbers were like through the roof. Um, and I like, I couldn't like, figure out what, what was going on because healthy, don't really eat like bad, um, work out all the time. Like just, just didn't fi- couldn't figure it out. Um, and then like fast forward a whole year later, my mom told me, Hey, look, cholesterol runs in our family. And I'm like, wow. Like if I would have known this a year ago, I would have been, or, you know, a couple years ago, I would have been doing this, but just, just getting into it now. Like I'm really, uh, enjoying this, this, this plant-based diet. And, uh, I mean, it's I've had my best my best season uh, this past year, so I think that it, it's really been a factor uh, for, for my my growth and my you know my body uh, going forward for sure. Glad that you're you're in a in a good place in terms of not only the game but your body, but also staying along those lines. The transition, you know, from when you were a rookie to now you're the vet 
and you show up and you're you're the experienced guy and you've started to figure things out. What is that difference like for you? You know what? It, it really hadn't changed much, to be honest with you. I mean, other than uh, I can kind of give the guys pointers here and there, like the young guys. But I'm still it's so crazy. I'm still the first one in the gym. I love being in it super early. I love getting after it. Uh, I've kind of like really embraced like that Kobe mentality of like, hey, look, I'm gonna try to get my workouts in super early. That way I'm, I'm ahead of the game and I'm 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 thinking and, and doing more and more stuff throughout the day. And I'm able to benefit when I get three months, three, four months into the game. It's like, wow, like he he's really ahead of a lot of guys that's in this position. So it's, it's been great. It really has um, that mentality and that 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 growth that I've experienced. Like at first as a rookie, like they kind of force you to be in that. Like, hey, you have to get there super early at the workout. You have to do this, this, this. Mm-hmm. But now. I'm just doing it on my own and like they don't really have to look over me and say, hey, look, we need you to do this, this, this. But it's like I'm coming in already ready to roll. And they're like, shoot, we don't have to say nothing to him. He, you know, he's a pro. He knows how to do this. So that's that's kind of how I've always carried myself. And um, it's, it's just kind of continued in my career. One of the reasons why I wanted to bring you on and talk is, you know, a lot of work that is going on in terms of athletes delivering content on their own channels. And I've really been interested to see your LG Kicks sort of videos go up, the uh, the pictures, and then you've kind of made a name for yourself with these custom shoes. Tell us about that and how kind of you got the idea and then you started implementing it and wearing these different shoes in game. And I think it's exciting for fans to see that. Elliot and I actually talked to J.R. Smith about this several years ago of, of custom shoes that maybe fans would vote on and they'd get to see him wear it in the game. So I love to see uh, you doing uh, a similar thing, but where did the idea come from and, and where do you think it's headed for you as far as your kicks game? When they took that restriction off, it really kind of gave me a, uh, like an open book really to say, all right, what, what do you want to do going forward? Um, and, uh, and me and my, my, my designer, uh, Andrew Lewis, we kind of decided like, all right, well, this might be perfect for us to kind of step into this door where, I mean, you're going to have the, 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 the name guys that really wear all the hype beast kicks and all that, this and that. But I was like, look, why, why not start my own lane and, and try to figure out how I can kind of just just travel my own path. And and that's where I, I kind of formed LG Kicks because I wanted to show people like, hey, you can have uh, your own, you, you have your story and it's your own collection. It's like, you don't have to have like what everybody else has. You can kind of differentiate yourself from everybody else. So that's where I started showing off my collection and showing what I have because most people didn't even know I was a sneaker collector or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but then it kind of transformed into, all right, well, what do I want to wear on the court and how can I really uh, like highlight different things? And that's where I would do Black History Month. And then um, I've had uh, uncles with prostate cancer, breast cancer with, with uh, different aunties. So being able to highlight different things. And that's what's so great to see from my standpoint is that everybody's able to highlight what they want to highlight on their shoes if they want to do it. I mean, Donovan Mitchell has been doing a great job. CP3 has been doing a great job. So it list kind of continues to go on and on, but it's like they're taking it to a whole nother level now. So I want to see them continue to do that. As a creative, I just want to give you a shout out because I love that that logo, the LG Kicks. Um, yeah. Like, uh, and I kind of want to know, like, were you a part of that process? And like, how is your process w- working with your creative on those shoes? Like, are you kind of let him go or do you really have like an intricate part in every creative decision and whatnot? Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, we... We really go back and forth. Like it's it's like a, a combined effort to try to figure out like all right, what do we want to go to this next game or how do we wanna figure out all right, we're playing Boston in, in three days. Okay, all right. What is Boston known for? What what can we highlight? Like what's going on? Is it October? Is it November? Like mm-hmm. 
you know, just just trying to figure out the small, intricate details of how do we relate it to like what's going on in the world, and then also too, how do we relate it to um, who we're playing against as well. So last year in the playoffs, we played Milwaukee in the playoffs. Um, we got swept, but uh, it was like every every game was like something towards either um, like we did buck hunting, like you know the the, the shooting game mm-hmm. on arcades. Mm-hmm. We did uh, what else did we do? We did another like fear the the deer like type of like you know you got the the uh, X on the deer that way you know just just doing different things that way we can kind of like highlight those things and and we just think about it like a couple of days before the game and and I mean I'm telling you he turns around like that it's like two three days and it's back to me it's at the hotel it's at my house wherever it's at I mean it's there so uh, we we do a really good job of like how we kind of turn around really fast. That's awesome. How many kicks do you have now? <laughs> when it comes to like the custom, just the customs, it's probably like, I mean, I wore, I mean, every single game was a custom. So it was about 66 pairs this season. Last season, I probably got about, I'll probably say like 60 last season. So it's about 120 just customs. But when it comes to like all my kicks and, and all, I mean, it's probably like, it's probably close to two thousand pairs now. It's oh just, my lord! You have a yeah, warehouse where you keep all of them. <laughs> uh, it like it's, it's so crazy. I have like a storage unit here in Baton Rouge that I like. I have most of them at. But then I was telling my wife. My wife was like, "Where's? Where, oh no, I was telling my mom." And I was like, "I was like, I have like my other collection that I have in Detroit. It's still in Detroit. Like I haven't bought it anywhere. Like it's sitting uh, in storage right now because we don't know. You know, I'm a free agent, so I don't know what's going on, what's next. So I was just like, look. Let's just put it away, and then we'll figure out wherever the next stop is. I'll just say I put it there in the house. Is there a design that you have in your mind that you would want to uh, implement next year? Do you have something in mind? Um, yeah, I, I actually do. We we've been talking, and it's crazy. Like we we've been like going back and forth trying to figure out like, all right, how can we? You know, the Black Lives Matter thing mm-hmm. is really big right now. We really want to continue to be a proponent of that for all the players because we've been really pushing like Breonna Taylor's death, and and I think that how can we push all the like the HBCUs and the different schools or different like um like just legacies of those schools. And so uh it's either gonna be like something along the lines of like the player, like the black athletes that went to those schools and like highlighting like them on one side and highlighting their school on the other side or mm-hmm. uh possibly going with um like the marching band or something like that. So we're gonna we're gonna really um figure it out. But it's going, it's going to be good. I love that. That's a, that's a great message. Yeah. And uh, we'll be looking forward to it next year. You know, just kind of a final question for you and, and, and to get your thoughts actually about, you know, marketing for players specific and, and how you can do it on your own now. Do you think there's been a somewhat of a shift where, where players are starting to say like, hey, I have my own social platforms in terms of uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and, and I can have my message sent out and then a guy like yourself can do his own thing that you're not necessarily tied to either a big brands or necessarily having to go through an ESPN or one of the big platforms. Yeah, I, I think that uh, I've, I've tried to do my best to try to use my platform, like you said, to kind of be my own proponent of, all right, this is my media. How can I control my narrative? But I've I've kind of like run into like a little small, like, all right, now with this quarantine going on, I've kind of picked up so many different other like things that I have going on. And it's like, now I have to really like focus in on, I have so much content now, I have to get it out there now. So that's that's my biggest thing right now is like, how can I continue to use those platforms and really just grow all of my my, my channels and and 
And it's going to happen organically. I don't want to like force it and say, hey, look, I need y'all to push it, push it, push it. But just let, let it happen organically and, and those fans will, uh, will follow from there. Yeah, that's great. That's great to hear. And just a quick reminder to all our listeners out there to head over to LG Kicks TV on Langston Galloway's YouTube channel where he's having virtual basketball camps. So if you've got kids out there and uh, they're looking to continue their skills this summer, head over to LG Kicks TV on Langston's YouTube channel and uh, also check out um, all the videos that he's been publishing on his kicks, the custom kicks that we talked about on this podcast episode. I really appreciate you taking some time with us today, and uh, I'm so glad I got to catch up with you. It's been been some time here since we've been able to uh, to meet up again, and um, I'm stoked to see you back on the court, and I hope here in the near future if they get this new season moving around and uh, see you back in action. Jonah, thank you so much. Elliot, Keith, appreciate you guys having me on. And, uh, Absolutely. Hey, God be blessed. Stay safe, all right? That's a wrap for this week. Thanks for listening to the We Need to Be Doing That podcast. Visit we need to be doing that.com for more episodes and contact information. 